Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Well, we're going to continue tonight. We finished up Ephesians 3, I believe, last week. So let's get into Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Quick review. Some who have been here, some who have not been. Many folks say, man, I've never even gotten into Ephesians. Well, if you've accepted Jesus, you need to. Okay? Say, man, well, what is it about? You've got to get in there and find out for yourself. I'm going to teach on some of it tonight. But these are letters to the body of Christ. These are letters to you. If you've accepted Jesus, these are letters to you. Okay? These are letters to believers, people who believe in Jesus. And they're powerful because it deals with a lot of day day-to-day stuff we deal with, okay? Many people say, well, I'm going to just do the words of Jesus in the Gospels, and that's powerful. The words of Jesus are powerful, but here's the beauty of the epistles, okay? The epistles are letters to the church or the body of Christ following the book of Acts, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and you get into Romans, the rest of the New Testament. They're powerful because many of them explain and go into detail about the words of Jesus, all right? These apostles or messengers received revelation on the things that Jesus said. And so you need that. As a believer, you need that, okay? And another thing you need as a believer, and I'm going to hit on this the rest of our lives. As long as you are in my life, I'm going to just bring this up. We as believers, we need God's Word. you got to read the Bible for yourself. You heard me say it Sunday. I'm going to say it every time I think of it or remember it. Say, man, three chapters a day is too much for me. To read through the Bible in a year, that's too much for me. How about one chapter a day? And be steady with it, okay? So you got to practice. you got to practice your faith. Okay, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Look at what the Apostle Paul says here, verse 1. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord. That's an interesting statement, huh? Remember, it all started when the Jews came after him because they said he's breaking our laws. He's basically violating the Old Testament. They didn't believe that Jesus was the Savior, some of the Jewish leaders. And because of that, he was put in jail. He had to appeal to Caesar. What did that mean? Well, in the Roman legal system, he said, if I can't settle this with y'all, I want to take my case to the next court, to the highest court of the land, which is in Rome, to Caesar. And so... He took, it over, it, he took it over there, and he was, he was always a prisoner leading up to that. Seems like his, his, uh, his favorite motel was the local jail. If you study the life of Paul, he was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was stoned, he, he was in jails, but he ended up staying in prison even for the rest of his life in Rome, okay? He had a separate house, so it was like house arrest. Anybody familiar with house arrest? Okay. Amen, said somebody. All right. House arrest. We all felt like we were on house arrest during COVID. Maybe not as bad in, uh, in, in Lee County, but, you know. So he says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, look at this, to lead a life worthy of your calling. Wow, we could spend weeks on that. To lead a life worthy of your calling. He said so many things in that phrase. Living a life worthy of your calling is to walk in love, loving God and loving others. That covers everything. It covers all the law. People say, man, I memorized the Ten Commandments. That's great. But if you love God and love others, you will fulfill the Ten Commandments. If I love people, I'm not going to lie to them, right? Or deceive them. If I love people, I'm not going to look at someone's wife to lust after her. If I, if I love people, I'm not going to steal from them, huh? If I love God, 
I'm going to keep his, his day as his day. All right? I'm not going to get into all that. If I really love God and I love people, I'm not going to desire something that is not mine. Right? So, um, just, just a little bit there. Beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Why? Say, my calling? Yeah, God has called you to do something great. You say, man, I was talking to a sister before the service. She said, we were talking about it. She grew up on the avenues. Say, the avenues? Yeah, A, B, and C right over here. You say, what's the big deal about that? Well, it's the side of town maybe is less privileged. I grew up on the south side. Some grew, on the, grew up on the west side. And we were talking. I said, sis, but God has taken you to Africa and Guatemala on mission trips. And she's like, I know. She told me years ago, I grew up on the avenues, and here I am in Africa singing. I remember, powerful. What's your calling? I say, man, my calling is just to work and eat and sleep. That's my, no. No, your calling is so much higher. You say, am I supposed to preach to 10,000 people? I don't know. But your calling is to serve God. And when you really put God first, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, the Apostle Paul says. For you have been called by God. You've been called by God to share your faith. You've been called by God to be a light. You've been called by God to be different. You heard the video on Sunday. Two weeks in a row we heard that intro. People say, I got to do me. Right? A lot of time when they say, I got to do me, it means they're just going to end up being like everybody else. I don't know why they're doomed to do that, but it happens. Oh, no, I got to do me. Oh, you mean just live like the world. It's interesting that the closer you get to God, the better you know yourself. The closer you get to God, the more you find yourself. There was a song. I don't know if it was in the 80s. It was called Find Myself in You. And it was two believers, two, two singers singing and they were singing to God, saying, the only way I can find myself is to find myself in you. You ever met somebody? They're in their 50s, they're in their 60s, and they never quite found themselves? You have. You've been around folks. Like, it's like, man, and they have no identity. And when guess what? I'm going to get a little closer to you tonight, just a little bit closer. When people have an identity crisis, they're hard to deal with. They're mad. They're blaming people. But he says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. This is the Apostle Paul. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Wow. Do I matter to God? Do you matter? Oh, yeah. You were created in his likeness and in his image. Verse 2. Oh, this is powerful. Always be humble and gentle. <laughs> Both of those come easier for other, some people, way easier for some people than it does for others. Humble and gentle. Most of us, I, I'm going to tell you right now, let me just tell on myself, in my natural weakness, I'm a know-it-all. None of y'all are like that in here, man. This is the righteous group. I know none of y'all are that way. But in my natural weakness, my mom, I remember my mom used to tell me, when I was a little boy, she'd say, babe, those that knew my mom, she, she used that word, babe, she'd say, babe, she'd say, and she had these beautiful eyes. Mom would look at me and get close, and she had big, pretty eyelashes, and she'd go, babe, don't be proud and don't be smug. Y'all need to look that word up, smug. It's like when you have an attitude and you just, you got it. It's a, it's a type of pride, but it's like a quiet pride. Like, <laughs> you ever been around people like that? She said, don't be proud and don't be smug because you're smart. She said, people don't like that. And she said, any gifts that you have, God gave you. I'm not being proud. Ah, see? See that? 
Always be humble and gentle. Gentle, that's another thing. I've been married for 14 years this month. September 28th, it will have been 14 years to my lovely wife. And there's times she tells me, baby, my goodness, come on, be gentle. I, there's times I come in there and I'm ready. I'm like, come on, girl, come on, give me a hug. And she's like, I think Jen told me one time, she told me one time, baby, can I just say something? I go, yeah. She goes, I'm not your bro. <laughs> Understood. No, I, I know. And she's like, you got to, she goes, I'm a girl. You, but women say that and then they're strong and they hit hard even when they're playing, huh? Y'all know how ladies are. Be gentle with me and then they expect you to be able to handle it. I'm all, dang. But always be humble and gentle, right? It takes practice. Be patient with each other. Oh, my goodness. Joyce Meyer, I like what she said years ago. She said, Patience is impatience is actually bursts of anger. You ever had that with someone? You're dealing with someone, and you're like, I, I can't even with this dude already or this girl or this whatever. It's like, man, and you, you're irritated, and it just happens over. You're impatient with them. Patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Do you think you just automatically get patience? No, you get chances, and sometimes it's tribulation and hard times. Scripture says that hard times develop patience in us. You ever been through some stuff? Uh -huh, it's amazing now, at my age, the things that don't bother me. Things I'm like, my wife tells me, you're patient about this. I'm like, I've been told my whole life I was impatient. <laughs> It's amazing. I went through some stuff. Scripture says tribulation, hard times, tough times, work, patience. You go through some stuff. There's things that it ain't worth stressing about. Are y'all with me tonight? Especially as believers. Can you imagine I, I walked around going, man, I, I just need to, I don't know. I just, I, I'm just stressed. I'm, I'm just stressed about, about heaven. No, he already promised that to us. We believe. We do our best to live right. We go with Scripture. You, you ain't got to worry about that. You say, man, how about this? I'm just stressed in dealing with people. Well, there's, there's some people you have a grace for. Can I get an amen in here? There are those you can deal with, and you can deal with them better than others. And then there's other people you're like, I can't, but you need to know your limits and know your boundaries. Okay? And some folks you shouldn't have to put up with. Can I be real with you tonight? Some folks you shouldn't have to put up with. Don't let people throw that thing at you about, oh, they can act how they want but because you, you, you're a Christian. And I don't mean you need to start acting up, but I mean there's a time where you draw boundaries. You go, hey, I already said, that's it. That's it. Some of y'all's moms, y'all's Hispanic moms said, I've had it up to here. And they say it in Spanish, right? I've had it up to here. So there's a time you go, hey, that's enough. God bless you. I love you. I'm here for you. But no mas. All right? Right here. Hey, be patient. Treat people kindly. Look, it says this too. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. You need to make an allowance for people's faults, but you don't sit around and just be a doormat all the time and be ignorant or be foolish. Sometimes we become believers and it's like we lost our sense. I've had people, years ago somebody said, we, we put up a boundary with someone. This was years ago. This was years ago. Someone was working at the daycare. And um, I, I don't even, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember the details of it. But this young lady was working at the daycare, and she just wasn't acting right, wasn't doing her job. And it got into the situation where they told us, 
because we were putting up a boundary, you know what they said? Because we said, you can't act like that here. We love you. And we gave them every chance. You know what one of their family members said? They called us over it. Hey, you, you know, you can't, you can't be doing this. And we can't. Well, here's the guidelines and regulations for working at the daycare. It's state accredited. It's also part of a Christian organization, a church, right? They said, well, we th- I thought y'all were Christians. Oh, so there's, oh, you're Christian now? So no rules then. No rules apply. You can act how you want. Just come in my house and act how you want. You got a big old uh, Rottweiler? Like some people say, Rockweiler. You got a big old Rockweiler? Rottweiler dog? And he's been outside, and I have two dogs, but you just bring, he's friendly, but he has mud on his feet. You just show up in my house and walk in my house with him. Or just come to my house and knock at one in the morning just because you want to hang out. No, there's got to be boundaries, right? You got to treat people kindly. There's times where I just go like this. I hush it up because I have a mouth, and I just say, hey, man, I love you, but no. Be patient. Make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Let me add something tonight. No changes everything. No, the word N-O changes everything because you see where people really stand when you tell them no. You say, our relationship's going to keep going, it's going to be great, or they're going to do the, I thought you were a Christian. Oh, I am. And the answer is still no. I'm being patient. I love you. Hey, I forgive or whatever, but no. Mm-mm, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We, uh, w- I, I went out with some cousins, and my wife and some cousins. This has been a, how many years ago was this? I guess it was a couple years, going on three years ago. Oh, well over two and a half years ago. We went out of town to a distant town, distant from here by, you know, by vehicle. And we sat down, and my wife and I, I kind of threw my wife off when I did this, but I'll just never forget this because I saw their response, but it was something I had to do. And their response was great. And this is when you know if your relationship can continue like it is, better or worse, or what. We sat down. I don't know if we were at a Chili's or an Applebee's or something. And I said, hey, man, me and Jen had talked. I said, we're going to bless y'all with some cousins. So we're going to bless y'all with dinner tonight. Well, the, the husband shows up, and he's cool, man. He's a cool dude. He shows up, and he orders. And I said, hey, man, when he, when he got there, I said, order whatever you want. It's on us. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. Hey, man, I'll take a beer. I said, the beer's on you. I said, bro, I'm sorry. But I, and I didn't make a big deal about it. I said, I'm not buying your beer. Scripture says, woe unto him that gives to his brother to drink. So I said, I love you, man. You, you can have that here at the table with me. That's between you and God. But I'm not going to buy you beer. Oh, that's cool, man. And he was cool. He just went on. But I had a limit. And hey, we, we hooked him up that night. I don't know how much we spent on the meal. Who cares? But there was a limit. You gotta be, but in having a limit, I was patient, right? There's other ways I could have taken that. There's other ways he could have taken it. But here, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults. Because of your love. Verse 3. Make every effort to keep yourselves uh, united in the Spirit. I'm trying to mix two translations. The King James Version of this says to maintain the unity of the Spirit. This says make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Wow. Binding yourselves together with peace. You don't want to get into strife with people and stay there. You ever met people who just have beef all the time? 
Even believers. I've met believers, and there's an issue. I'm like, what are we into now? What's going on now? There's an issue now. No. Scripture says, if at all possible, okay, my paraphrase, maintain peace with everybody you can. Stay at peace. Scripture says, the man or woman whose ways please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. All right? Man, I've had people that... They just didn't like me. Psychology teaches us, and I'm not all into psychology or anything, but the study of human behavior is fascinating to me. We, but we always have to go back to the Word because we're not just a mind. We are a what? We are a spirit, soul, and body. Okay? But fascinating to me that there's a study that says one out of ten people just aren't going to like you. I can live with that. Ten percent of people. Now, if it gets to 50 or 60 percent, it's probably me, right? I've seen people, oh, he hates me, she hate me. Somebody driving around town, the most hated. I'm like, what does that mean? I remember they came out with the XFL. Do you guys remember that? They tried to imitate the NFL in 2001. One of the players was, he hate me. That was on his jersey. I'm like, keep confessing that, brother, whatever you want. But here's what Scripture says. Make every effort to keep yourselves unified in the Spirit. United, I keep wanting to change that. United in the Spirit. It's talking to believers but then you pursue peace with everybody, okay? Doesn't mean you don't tell them truth. Doesn't mean you don't say, hey, no, that's, that, that, that ain't right. You know what someone told me today? I was out campaigning with my brother on the avenues, and I always have fun over there. I love campaigning with Jonathan. I love hitting the streets. One guy told me this. He said, he said yeah, man, I don't know what he was talking about. He, he said his lady's family was Catholic, and he said, man, you know Catholics crucified Jesus. And I said, no, they didn't. I was sitting in the vehicle. He's talking to me, standing. He goes, yeah, they did. I said, bro, Catholics didn't, didn't appear until 300 years later. What? Because I told him, I said, no, the Jews and the Romans, they, they crucified, crucified Jesus. He said, yeah, but they were Catholic. I said, no, Catholic hadn't been invented yet. It was Jews and Romans. I'm going to stay unified in the spirit. I'm going to stay in peace. But then there's that point where you say, hey, I love you, man. But scripture says, speak the truth in love. There's other stuff I'll just ignore. There's sometimes people say crazy stuff. I'm like, oh, man, okay, that's crazy. I got to go. But other times I'm all, no, nah, bro, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna, no, I'm sorry. No, mm -mm, that's not what happened. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together in peace. And did you know what Proverbs says? Let me add to this verse. Did you know Proverbs says, I believe it's in the King James Version, it says an open rebuke is better than hidden love. It's better to tell someone, hey, man, that ain't right. And not everybody can handle it. We talked about saying no. Not everybody can handle that. Tell them in love. And you ain't got to preach every time. But you know, there just happens to be those moments where something rises up and you go, ah, sorry. Or if they're talking bad about Jesus, that moment should rise up every time. Or if they're telling, misquoting what Jesus said. I've heard people attributing some crazy stuff to Jesus. Oh, yeah, well, he, he you know, Jesus drank wine. You need to study the word because here's the problem with that. The Hebrew word for wine is yayin, and they use it for grape juice, and they use it for fermented drinks. You really think God in the flesh was hanging out, guzzling down alcohol? Come on. 
Let's use some common sense here. And people say, man, well, the, it, won't send you, it won't send you to hell. I wouldn't mess with it because I don't know what's in my family tree exactly. That's just me talking right now. And I know that's not a popular message. One time we had 100 and something plus people at church. This has been about four or five years ago. And I mentioned something against drinking alcohol as a believer. And hey, you've got to decide as a believer, that's between you and God. It is. You say, man, that won't send me to hell. No, I'm not saying it will. That's between you and God, but it leads to other problems, okay? It leads to other stuff. And God has to, I don't go kicking beer cans out of people's hands. I give people the word, and they can decide. And I love people, and I want them to be able to make an educated decision based on God's word. But a few years back, I'm telling you, it was a packed Sunday morning. And I preached, and I knew when the words left my mouth, I was like, uh-oh, there's going to be some people. Yeah, the next Sunday, there was 30 less people at church. 30. And you know, if you have 100 people in this house, man, 100's a lot for the English service. We had 84 Sunday, and I just say, hey, praise God. But we had like 115, and the next Sunday, it was down. Because I mentioned something against alcohol. But you know what? I will stand before God one day and give account. Can you imagine if I preached that I, that was okay? I've seen where some of that leads. I, I've seen what the Word says. People say, no, it's just one drink. Okay, but it all starts with one. I'm not condemning anyone. I'm giving you wisdom based on God's Word. And I don't want Jesus being misquoted. Say, man, we got to keep the unity. Yeah. But at times, we got to speak up. And binding ourselves together in peace sometimes is speaking the truth. I'm not a peacekeeper, okay? There's a peacekeeper. You deal with people, they go, hey, no, no, man, don't, shh. Y'all know how it is. No, don't say anything, man. And that's fine. There's a time and, and place for that. It's like, let's not go there with them. But there's sometimes when someone's always telling you, no, don't say nothing, man. Shh. Don't talk about Jesus too loud. That just, come on, dude. Don't, dude, come on, man, don't even, let's not go there, man, and don't invite them to church again. Or let's just not talk about that anymore. That's a peacekeeper. But you know what I am? I'm a peacemaker. Say, so what's the difference? There's times I speak up and I go, ah, I'm sorry, excuse me, that's incorrect. I'm not here to argue with you, but here's what the Word says. Oh, did you come up with that? You're just a hater. You're judging me. Oh, no, the Word's judging you, actually. When I quote the Word, the Word's judging them. Say, man, but judging, that's terrible. Yeah, but Scripture talks about it, and that's not ever done hatefully. I don't know why I went there tonight, but somebody needed to hear that. Let's read the verse again. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Can I ask the gentleman in the back, how far are we? Can you tell? Ooh, wow. Verse 4. Thank you, sir. For there is how many bodies? How many bodies of Christ are there? There is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Verse 5, I love this. There is one Lord with a capital L, one faith, one baptism. Oh, man, I can just feel chills. Verse 6, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Verse 7, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That's powerful. And I'm not going to get into that. Let me get back into, if you don't mind, verse 4. If there's one body, how many heads are there? If you have two heads, it's unnatural, right? It's freakish. So, you have one head. 
And the head of the body is Christ. It's not a human on the planet. There has not been a human on the planet, according to Scripture, designated as the head of the body of Christ. There is one, and that is Jesus. There are pastors, there are apostles, there are prophets and teachers and evangelists, but there is one who is the head of the body, and that is Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. Okay? One body, one spirit. That's the Holy Spirit, capital S. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. That's heaven forever. I know you're not going to answer this, but does anyone have any questions? Okay. I need, I need to close because I'm already nearing 30 minutes, and I'm, I'm going to try to respect your time tonight. But let's pray together, okay? Let's pray together. For those tuning in on the live stream, for those listening in tonight, and, and folks in this house with me at the sound of my voice, is there anyone who says, you know what, Pastor Matt, this is for two folks. Number one, you say, I've never accepted Jesus. If I died, I don't know where I would go. I've lived through some junk. I've lived through some abuse. I've made some choices. Others hurt me, and I've made choices based upon that hurt, and now I'm struggling. I'm struggling in sin. If you've never accepted Jesus, I want you to raise your hand tonight, and I'm going to pray with you. That's number one. You say, when I die, I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven or hell. Or if you say, I just need to get right with God. I need to get back to walking with God. I need to recommit my life. Is there anyone in this house who would raise their hand for that? Go ahead. God bless you. God bless you for your honesty. God bless you. Man, God is with you. Let's agree tonight. That's for the folks in this house and the folks on the live stream and whoever you are listening to the audio recording later. I want everyone in the house to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I recommit my life to Jesus. He's my Lord and He's my Savior. But now I'm going to live like He's my Lord. I'm going to obey His word. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me. Change my life. Give me a hunger for the word. I can't live like this. I want your best for me. And I know that is your will. I believe. In Jesus' name. Just agree with me real quick. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you and I declare for a hunger for your word. For routine and repetition in serving you. And I don't mean where it gets boring. No, I mean us repeating the word. I mean us having a routine of seeking you daily. I mean us repeating the things that Jesus has said, that your word has said. Father, give us a hunger for you, for your presence. We thank you tonight because you are faithful, God. We trust you tonight, holy God. I break every attack and plan of the enemy prepared for these folks here. I know the enemy doesn't like what we're doing, but I thank you, Lord, that you are our priority. There's only one God. There's not you, God, and then an evil God. The enemy is a created being, Lord. You created him, he rebelled, and you cast him out of heaven. So you have way more power than the enemy. And the blood of Jesus has overcome everything. So I remind everything at the sound of my voice and anyone listening to this that there is one God and his power is the power that we trust in. I bless your name tonight, Father. Give us a hunger for you. Change us as we get into your word. We trust you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Somebody said... Amen. I know God is doing something in your heart. Do you need an envelope for tithe or offering? Go ahead and raise your hand if you would, please.
If you need an envelope for tithe or offering, raise your hand. If not, don't worry about it. Remember, we give in person at the office during the week or go to kingsgatehobs.com and give, or you can text from your smartphone. Make sure it's a smartphone and, and not a, a StarTac. Y'all remember those? Anyway, so that's, some of that's before your time. Those were not smart, smartphones. I remember I'd get two or three calls on one of these old, old school phones, and the battery was already dying. That was crazy. So if you want a text to give, you can do that. The instructions are on your screen. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your word, Lord. We trust in you. We give because we love you, not because we're under any compulsion or being forced to give. We will give freely. We'll be generous, but we will give freely, not because we're forced to. And that's between us and you. But, Lord, we do want the blessing. We know that the blessing comes from giving. We thank you. We trust you. We give you all the glory tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.